You're listening to the Morrissey Juke Joint right here on New Radio Media. I am Ben Rose. And it's, what, Thursday, November 9th? I've uh, I've been promoting this dual Lucero show, which was last night and tonight. I went to last night's show, and let me tell you, it was absolutely amazing. I was thoroughly impressed. I recommend to anybody that has never seen Lucero to go see them tonight at the Loving Touch in Ferndale. I would get there early because you, you, know, you never know. The show might sell out. It was it was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Thank you to Ramona Black Irish Booking for putting on a good one. Oh, yeah. Good show. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. On tonight's show, I will have uh, Mr. Jim Leedy, lead singer of the incredibly offensively named uh, band Elvis Hitler, even though that is nothing to do with what they they sing or believe in. It's just, you know, shock value. And I do believe it's very successful. So, successfully shocking. Yes. Indeed. What? I was just saying, indeed. 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 Indubitably. In, indeed. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. That's right. Oh, my. Oh, so, to, on Thursday, I guess it's supposed to be the hard launch. I thought it was Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah, that's right. Tuesday. Tuesday. The 14th. 14th. Yeah. Yes, that's correct. So that's supposed to be our our hard launch here at New Radio Media. The app, which I've I've had um, maybe a little less than a week to play around with, which is actually really, really cool. I, I have to say that I'm really looking forward to to this launch it's it's just it's it's been a, a long time coming for right sure. <laughs> for sure yeah uh okay so tonight's show i have a lot of again a lot of music for you and aside from jim leedy calling in and us uh talking about the past 30 years of uh of elvis hitler and uh uh Evolved into another band called Splatter and other projects. Also have music. Well, so there we'll have um, I'll have more new uh, JD McPherson, and uh, I'll do some, which who will be playing on Tuesday, our launch date. So you know, after you listen to the show, head to the magic bag. I also have. A pretty decent set of some old school Detroit punk to go along with that Elvis Hitler, and uh, then I'll have some new stuff. So that is on the agenda for today. Plus, we'll probably talk about other things and stuffs going around in Metro Detroit. Like, uh, there's actually uh, this new tiki dive bar uh, opening up soon in Southwest Detroit. That'll be. That actually looks quite interesting. So we're gonna we're gonna put that one on the back burner for just a bit. So you're gonna have to stick around for that. Please do. Please do. Please do. 
Oh man, I feel like just I feel like today's show is gonna get offensive. Um, really? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it could. You never know. I, I mean, it, it's this. It's Motor City Juke Giant. It 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 wouldn't be the first time the show's been offensive. Uh, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and then you have the facts of life. No, yeah. And if that's the case, then you know, call us up. Right. You can call us at. 844-999-9249. That's 844-999-9249. So, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't like what we have to say or yeah. like what we have to say or want to add value to our conversation, mm-hmm. that's the number you call. Right. So... I'm going to play a little bit of music here in a bit, but I, I really, before we do that, I'd like to ask uh, you all a, a question. Go for it. How do you feel about KFC? That's pretty good. Yeah? You know, I, yeah, I, I like it. You like it? it often. You think it smells good? It does smell good. Smell yeah. good? Taste good? You yeah. got some for us, Ben? I do not, but I have something, something kind of related for you. Is it like super gross? Yeah. Okay, it, well. No, it, it does not. It's not gross about eating the, the KFC, okay. so you don't have to worry about me grossing you out. Well, that's. I mean, it's fine. I don't eat it that often, and I know it's horrible for you anyway. This is correct. It is awful for you. Yeah. Yes. For sure. Uh But this is something like I guess you really don't have to worry about here in the United States. But if you travel to Japan, uh-oh. Uh yeah. They're selling something other than chickens. Oh no 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 no! They're selling something other than something other than food. That's what this is. This is not. This is a non-food item. They're gonna be, they're they're gonna start selling. Oh. Not as food, but just you know. So I'm gonna let y'all think about that. What it could possibly be? Because <laughs> it 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 could very well be something awful, right? Really? Yeah. I I mean. Personally, I'd say it's not something that I would, I would use. It's not my, it's not my thing. Not at all. But it's the last thing you would think of that would be at a chicken joint. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, it's the last thing that I would ever think that would come out of a chicken, you know, chicken joint. You know, it's it's. I've got I, I have nothing to say about any of that. Um. <laughs> So, you said it has nothing to do with food, right? You can't. You will. You can't eat it. You just. Yeah, you can't eat it. Hmm. Yeah, that's already suspenseful. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. <laughs> why you? Why I leave you to ponder on what that could possibly be? I will. <laughs> uh, we're gonna go to our first music set here with Treatment Bound with a song called "Beer for Breakfast." Right here on the Marcy Juke Joint on New Radio Media. All I want to do is drink beer for breakfast. All I want to eat is them buffalo wild wings. Try, but you never want to try to defend us. 
time I left Brooklyn I'd seen enough Out of time Out of love By the time I left Brooklyn I'd given up So I moved to a new town Get away to get right and make new my name. By the time I left Brooklyn, I nearly gone insane. So I got down to working and staying with some friends. Searching for something, a means to an end But end up crawling into my room Hoping no one had seen And at the bar I tell stories All going wild Cutting loose and buying rounds in denial Between work and drinking and fighting There ain't much else I have always been thirsty I've always been a wreck Tying knots and testing limbs for strength in the restlessness when there is nowhere to go But there comes a time to stay home and hide away To get up and watch the rain And sort through those feelings of isolation and shame There comes a time to stay home and watch the rain Listening to the Motor City Giant right here on New Radio Media. I am Ben Rose. That was uh, that was a new one by Tim Barry. Before that, Old 97s with Doreen. And we started that off with Treatment Bounds Beer for Breakfast. You know, back at Specs, Bob Paul Mateer would tell us not to back sell. Sorry, Bob, you're not here. So I'm going to back sell. <laughs> now you're going to get it, Bobby. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I can't get marked down now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I never bet I never backsold at specs. Never did. Not once. It's good. But did I uh, you know, on air at the other station? Actually, no, I didn't. Oh. I never did. Never once. But I uh I told you what was coming up already, you know. Just just gave you the heads up. Hey, this is coming up. You know, he always said too, no matter like those are guidelines that he likes to follow, mm-hmm. but every station's different. Mm-hmm. It's just how you do. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, it is. It is, it, it is uh, very specific uh, to each station. So. Mm-hmm. Indeed, indeed. Indeed, indeed. And we don't have any set rules as far as backselling because I think – no, I, now I know that uh, I'm the only, only one that actually plays music on the station. Or any of these, any of the new radio media stations, right? I would agree with that. Yeah. It, well, for now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But you're the OG. The OG. You know, someone's got to do it. That's right. Okay. So I, I, I was talking about KFC, right? Yes. What item do, are, are these? Are these selling in Japan that you, you, you can't eat? That you can't eat. You can't eat. I want to say um, they do a lot of walking, so maybe a foot massage, massager. Well, it is Japan, so something creepy like that is feasible. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Well, it is. Um, it's bath bombs. Really? It is. Yeah. So you can soak in the essence of fried chicken. Here, here is a. Uh, here's a little audio clip here by uh, Mr. Mark Mayfield. Got to give him. Got to give him that credit, right? KFC Japan announced. Oh, it's not, it's not playing on the right, uh, not playing on the, on the right one here. Don't you hate it when that happens? I know. What the hell? It's supposed to. If it helps, I heard it. You heard, oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, at least, at least you heard it. Um. I heard it too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to save, let's see, so we can get it going here. It's nice having some newswire access. <laughs> it is. Here we go. To create bath bombs that are said to be chicken chain's famous 11 herbs and spices. Still. I heard it again. Did you hear it in the headphones? Like, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I heard it. heard it in headphones, so I'm pretty sure. It was a little quiet, heard. but I heard it. Yeah, I think it's actually playing on... Um, Here we go. KFC Japan announced on Twitter it's teamed with a retailer to create bath bombs that are scented with the chicken chain's famous 11 herbs and spices. <laughs> Just 100 of the limited edition bath products are going to be given to followers of the KFC Japan Twitter account who retweet the post. Mark Mayfield, NBC News Radio. So you heard that, right? Yes. Okay, because there was, I don't even know what the hell. Oh, not only are you going to be able to taste it, but now you can smell like your 11 you, herbs and spices. Yeah, you can smell it. You can smell be, like you're going to smell like chicken. chicken. I don't know if I want to do that. No. No. I don't think I'm not all about that. No. Don't do not do it. Don't do that. She wasn't ready. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, yeah, you can smell like chicken if you want to smell like chicken. If that's your thing. Yeah, you never know. It, I guess you never know who's a cannibal nowadays. So no, thank you. That was fucked up, Leonard. Well, it's, it's, what do you say? He said you never know who's a cannibal these days. Whoa! All right. Well, we can we can say what we want, right? Because it's right. unfiltered. All right. Yeah, it's that. unfiltered. I know. I'm just yeah. messing with you. <laughs> Starting to get offensive. Uh, it's not offensive. Man, only no, that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Only, only, only to cannibals. True. Yes. Okay, great. You sick people. 
Sick. You're a sick bastard. You're a sick person. Okay. Yes. All right. Damn. <laughs> Right, I went for the gusto there. Yeah, you right. did. You did. You went for the gusto, we ended up in the shitter. Uh, yes. Okay, so you guys, did you guys play Pokemon Go? No. No? no. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. There's going to be a Harry Potter version of that. Stop. Are you serious? Yeah. No way. Yeah? How, how does that work? You have to catch a snitch? That That also goes for the hood. Or prison, I should say. <laughs> That's a prison game. Catch the snitch. Catch the snitch. In the shower with the shanks. Oh. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard of the term snitches? Snitches? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, I have. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't. I probably won't do that one either, but I'm intrigued to see like what it entails exactly. What, snitches getting stitches? No, the, the Harry Potter oh, uh, okay. game that's going to be like uh, Pokemon Go, which if I, I, I'm, I'm assuming that everybody would know what Pokemon Go is. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Yeah, it, and and it it led to people standing in the middle of uh, other people's yards. Oh, that led to a lot of things. Yeah, that was dangerous. People were in graveyards. A lot of things. Graveyards mm-hmm. trying to you know find these figures. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, do you? Uh, Leonard, you might remember Millie Vanilli getting in trouble for some lip syncing and Oh yeah, yeah. them and uh, Black Box. You remember Black Box? They sampled Martha Wash. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that that tune. Well yeah, but like Millie Vanilli didn't sing at all. Right. And then um it was a Jessica Simpson's sister Ashley. Ashley Simpson, she uh she lip synced on uh Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Yeah, well, Garth Brooks just did the same thing. Right. Did but, he? Yeah. But but and he did it on the CMA. Yeah. But the thing about it is, and, and he gave a great, a great reasoning. He's just not like what he used to be. Yeah. So, as time goes on, things you know deteriorate. Your voice is not the same. So why not? Okay. Now I have this to say about that because, sure, you can go ahead and um, and say, uh, well, my voice isn't up to. Uh, up to snuff on that, you know, but you also have guys like, um, Tom Waits who clearly had throat cancer, did a, um, you know, was, was putting putting out albums. He sounded one way, come, he came, came back with the net, with the next album and he sounded cl- like he had had throat cancer and he didn't stop. He just kept going. Well, you know what? And, and I'm going to say this. I went to go see Frankie Beverly and Maze just this past summer. Yep. Sat out on the lawn. Yeah. And you know Frankie Beverly's voice has take a, taken a beating. Do you right. hear me? And he still tried to sing. And I wanted to say, at what point do you either stop touring or do you just let someone else, you know, stand in the forefront? And you stand off to the side on, on, of the stage and get somebody that sounds like you and just bask in the glory. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. Right. I get you. Because, I mean, I don't feel like I wasted my time. Because I wasn't really there to see him. Shaka Khan was also there. Shaka Khan was my girl. Yeah. And throughout all the drugs and everything she's done, she, her voice is still up there. Okay. So um, I was more pleasured to see her than him. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, sorry about that. That's all right. Yeah, no problem. All right. So here, here's an example of... Um, 
Oh, get get a get a good Tom Waits song here. Just uh, so you can kind of get an idea of this guy's voice. I gotta wait a second. You want to? I don't want to like waste the fifteen seconds on not hearing his voice. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, the guy's got the guy's voice is rough, rough. Still putting out records. Really? Yeah. Wow. And they're all good. This is before. Okay. This is before. Okay. Now, let's see. I gotta find one that's post throat or whatever cancer. Okay. Right, that's different. That's the same guy. Oh, right, yeah. Well, you could clearly tell something has taken place. Yeah, yeah. and he didn't give an explanation. He just said, you know, this is what's going on. You know, he just did. The one person that I guess it really hurt when I noticed a change in her voice was Whitney Houston. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, hers was like, self-inflicted and i'm like at what point i mean you have this god-given talent this gift and she could outsing anybody do you hear me yeah and um well most and i just felt that it was just a waste that she you know it wasn't anything medical it was just all drug induced yeah that i made her voice you know take a trip (laughs) yeah oh yeah then oh that was a whole bunch of nonsense it was awful you know, the the just like ruin that you know the just beautiful voice, beautiful, amazing career, and then uh, I guess it was it, it was it was her that took Bobby to Bobby Brown down that that bad road, right? right. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, that's what the story says. It, 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 she was in control of that herself. Oh yeah. He didn't have to lead her to the water and make her drink at all. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh yeah. All right. So we're gonna be called. We're gonna be talking to Jim Leedy probably in about like two minutes or so, and we're gonna be talking about his long ass career of uh, of an offensive in, in a band with an incredibly offensive name. But they're incredibly talented. They're a great band. They're actually one of my very favorite Detroit bands uh so yeah i mean i've i've known him for a few years and i look forward to talking to him on air i uh he's good he's good good guy he's good people good deal
Okay, so... See, I have this book here. You know, like two pages in this book are devoted to this guy, to Jim, in his band. Kind of like a little story. Oh, really? The background cool. of, of it, yeah. Let's hear it. Oh, well, we're going to talk to him in person. You ready? <laughs> okay. Okay. Jim, how you doing? Ben Rose, what's up? Oh, you know, just uh, same stuff, different day, uh, radio life. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's good. Good. I'm just hanging out at Palatial, uh, my Palatial Estate. Yeah. Sorry, I can't be there. That's all right. Maybe, but, maybe next time. Oh yeah. yeah, there's plenty of time in the future. Yeah. There's a uh, golden age of Elvis Hitler is uh, upon us. That's right. Yeah, I I, I know you guys had, had, uh, have taken quite a few uh, hiatuses, and it, it just it seems to be the last few years you've been uh, I don't want to say incredibly steady, but somewhat. Well. Uh, we're playing almost monthly now. Right. Um, we've done a, at least one show every month so far this year, and uh, we've already booked a few things for uh, next year already. Excellent. Now, I, I know you've uh, you started playing outside of the state now, right? Uh, I I think what Chicago, Ohio. Uh... Uh, oh yeah! Over the last couple of years, we have. We've been uh, twice to Kansas City for the Westport Roots Music Festival. Right. So apparently we've been around long enough that uh, we're the roots of something, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some... It's Time has been good to us because uh, over the years and uh, during the years where we weren't very active... It seems almost as if uh, a bit of a legend grew. Yes. And then uh, it seems like we're more popular now, and, and people are like, you guys are, you know, like D Michigan and Detroit area music scene, and, and you've been around for so long, and, uh, you know, your style of music was ahead of its time. Because psychobilly's a big thing now. And yes. A lot of people are like, is Elvis Hitler psychobilly or not? Some people say we are. Some people say we're not. That there's definitely elements. Right. You know? So. Yeah, it it, it, it does seem that uh, it, it can it can vary be, between some of the, your albums seem a little bit more so. Some seem a little, uh, little uh, less, a little bit more towards like the hardcore punk, maybe even like thrash. And some right. uh, are a little, you know, it's, you know, you, you, I think you, uh, all of them are just a little bit different, but they're all, I, I mean, you are absolutely one of my favorite Detroit bands and you've, you have oh, been thanks. for a very long time. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, now <laughs> I, I know I've, I've, uh, I've asked you this in person, but, uh, uh, I figured I'd ask you, uh, on air the the name Elvis Hitler some people find it offensive uh, I I think it's kind of funny but because it, I I get it that it, it has that shock value but uh, you know where where did that come from Well <clears throat> oh well okay this has been rehashed a million times right. but I'll I'll go over it again <laughs> <laughs> well, just, my... just for just for you and, you. and your 
your legions of, of loyal listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to – a lot of my memories are pretty fuzzy, and we won't go into that. <laughs> Jim, it's it's okay. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a you know it's a musician thing, right? <laughs> There's a lot of stuff, but at any rate, I I remember about 1984. It's like, oh, I should have a we should do a band. I should have a band. Yeah. And it's like, what are we going to call it? And I was always, uh, you know, should it be punk or should it be uh, like rockabilly? Because I was really into punk and rockabilly, right. and I'm like, I can, I know I can combine both. And I started thinking about the the whole dichotomy thing and the good and evil, and yeah. and and uh, I made lists of names of people that are loved and people that are hated, and uh, the funny part is, I was gonna go with Elvis Christ, and I thought that's way too offensive. I'm gonna go with Hitler. That's hilarious. It it, it, it is. <laughs> and, 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 uh, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, no. You go ahead. Go ahead. Oh well, just that Manson was also a front runner, right? And uh, so, and I thought, you know, that was too stupid. Went with Hitler, but it was absolutely coming from a. Uh, and anybody that's seen us could uh, vouch for this is coming from a Hogan's Heroes, Monty Python place right you know it's not some it's not an alt-right thing or a racist thing or, right it was supposed to be offensive it's like punk rock was supposed to be offensive Absolutely. and we thought this is offensive and we're gonna be i'm gonna say offensive stuff and i'm gonna have some offensive songs and we'll do a 45 and in a couple of years no one will ever hear from us again <laughs> instead <laughs> 32 years later, here I am talking to you. That's right. The 30 you know what? It might the name might have been it might be a factor in why why uh people are still talking aside from you being a, a a pretty awesome band, but it it's it sticks with people, you know? Even like even if you guys were shitty, people would know Oh, Elvis Hitler. You know, that right. I remember that band, but then you guys end up oh, being, yeah. you are pretty damn good, so that's you know, you got kind of like a um that's a, a two for one. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that that's always been a it's been a a, a double-edged sword all along. A, a lot of people have argued that the only reason anybody ever heard of us was because of the name because right. you know, and that we suck and all that kind of stuff, but you know, you hear there's always, you got your detractors, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, but then other people said, you know, that name's really holding you back because you guys should have been bigger. And it's like, well, you know, who am I to judge? But uh, we can't shake it. Right. It's like any any discussion of a name change always gets shot down and. Uh, just by way of experiment, probably back in the late nineties, uh, there was some. We I had done some shows uh, under different names. Splatter, was essentially. Wasn't it? Well, yeah, Splatter, and uh, 
I did some work with some other guys like uh, Pasadena from the Mutant, and uh, we did some shows around Hamtramck where it was kind of like half a half Mutants, half Elvis Hitler show. Right. And we just had a different goofy names, and uh, you know nobody came to the shows. Right. Right. You know, maybe fifty people if we were lucky. And then we said, "This is really, this is bothersome." Let's. Uh, we had a show at Alvin, and uh, Alvin's was like, "Well, what are we going to call it? You know, what it what? What are you going to call it this time?" I said, "Just Elvis Hitler. Just put Elvis Hitler at Alvin's." I can't remember. You know, this had to be ninety-seven or something. Right. And uh, I mean, just tripled or quadrupled the attendance. Oh yeah, just just like that because people are like, oh well, why didn't you say so? <laughs> right. Well, you know that that same thing happened uh, when I had had booked you to open up for um, the Frantic Flintstones, where yes, and there's the 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 kind of famously mis uh, misspelled uh, poster. Um, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, the, the wrong yeah, the wrong file that. was sent to the the printer, and uh, by the time I got it, I was like, "Well, shit! I just spent all this money on these posters. Do I just trash them?" Ah, uh, no, you know, collectors items, collectors right, yeah. items all the way. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there were people that that said if they had known that it was Elvis Hitler playing, they would have came. And it's like, well, mother, you know, it 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 happens. It does happen, but you know, like. The you do have this loyal fan base, and you do, and it is this. I I want to say almost like kind of a cult following that has earned you two pages in this book uh, that um, Craig uh, Brackenridge wrote called uh, "Hell's Bells oh. Rockin'." Yeah. No. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. That was a that was a shock to me. Uh, John DeFever somehow discovered that book. I had not ever heard of it or heard of Craig. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, I've since uh, became a Facebook friend with Craig, and he's hilarious. Um, he's Scottish, <laughs> right? And I don't know if that's got anything to do with it, but yeah, uh, I managed. I made. Yeah, I managed to get a hold of a copy uh, of the book, and I've seen a couple of other things where there was a sentence or maybe a paragraph that mentions us, but. Uh, this guy really uh, dug pretty deep in uh, his research, and, oh, yeah. and he seemed he seemed to place more importance on us than I maybe realized. And uh, I, you know, I I guess it probably helped. I don't know how many copies of that book he sold, but it's turned into a running gag because uh, after. Seeing that book, uh, some people had been teasing us about uh, the whole thing about us being pioneers and and this genre of music. <laughs> right. So uh, it's like, yeah, well, I don't know if we're, you know, it's not like we invented it, but I think we kind of helped. Right, right. Uh and you said you started what? Uh, the band started somewhere around what? Eighty four, eighty five. Uh, it was an idea in eighty four, and uh, the first time I played in public was in June of nineteen eighty five, 
and you'd think I'd remember the exact day, but I don't. But uh, it happens. Yeah, it was at the uh, Exit Lounge in Chicago. Oh yeah, and it's still open. It, yeah. yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Well, it's different. This yeah. was the old location. Okay. If they ever if they ever make a movie though, this is like classic, uh, like Walk Hard. <laughs> like oh jeez. Because <laughs> we had. Uh, I've been friends forever with uh, Len from Snake Out. Snake Out is going to be on the bill with us at Smalls on December 2nd. I've known him since about 83, 82, 83. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he had the band Snake Out before there was an Elvis hip because we were going to start a band, and uh, he was way towards, like, cramps. Yeah. And then I was way towards like Meyer threat. <laughs> right now, is that that's is that that's that's the same Len uh, uh, Speed Cult, right? That's yeah, Len Von Speed Cult. Okay, that's what they call him now. Right. But yeah, same yeah, same guy, same dude. Yeah, and they've they've he, named beers after him now. He's a mad genius. Yes, he is. Uh, I probably would not have had a band without him pushing me into it because uh, it was one of those deals where uh, I had gone along on a road trip with them, just a short one. They did a few gigs, and one of them was in Chicago. And uh, I had written a few songs by this point but hadn't played a gig or had a band. And uh, they did every song they knew, and there was still time to kill. And... Len, like, hands me his guitar, and he's like, get out there on the stage and knock him dead, kid. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I played the really long versions of the three songs that I'd written and uh, uh, killed maybe, like, 15 minutes. Right. And uh, it went over great. And uh, the manager of the place loved it, and uh, we must have... Over the years, I don't even know how many times we played there. It seems like dozens, right. but a lot anyway. Right. Now, did any of those those songs, did they end up being Elvis Hitler songs, did they, or was that just... Uh, yeah, all of them. Okay. There, uh, as a matter of fact, there's very little uh, in the way of outtakes or unused material in the Elvis Hitler library because uh, I guess uh, among other things as far as songwriting and all that it's I hate to just say lazy (laughs) (laughs) hey you know it it, it, it happens but uh, you know uh, we've pretty much used everything Everything I ever wrote pretty much got recorded, and you would think, especially now when I listen back to some of the old older material, mm-hmm. uh, like honestly, we couldn't have we couldn't have spent like five more minutes in the studio. <laughs> maybe do another take. Maybe tune our guitars a little better. But that's punk rock. It is very punk rock. Yeah, and. And kind of lo-fi, which sort of, I almost, it might even be cooler that way, because 
uh, I don't know who the who these guys were, but John had been in Nashville, right? And he knew he knew somebody that knew knew some guys that were like studio musicians, right? And they were talking, and his friends said, you know, John's in this band called Elvis Hitler, and he said these Nashville studio guys kind of started not like laughing out loud, but chuckling. They're like, oh yeah, I've I've heard a. I've heard of those guys. He goes, well, what do you think of them? He goes, well, they're a little, they're a little rough around the edges. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah, I suppose. Well, you, it, it, it actually, I think that the rough around the edges adds to the appeal of the of of the music uh, because it's it seems raw. And oh yeah, I like it. Rough. I like it. I like I, I, that. Actually, yeah, me. I, I like it. Ross sounds really awful. Uh, but um, well, uh, that's a, yeah, that's another show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. You know, see, that's you're right though, because one of the rules that we live by with the band is, uh, and again, partly due to laziness, we rehearse. Sure, you have to. You know, right. but but. I wouldn't say we over-rehearse. Um, sometimes I think we might get it once or twice a month we're able to get together and rehearse. And uh, I'd like to spend more time on that. But on the other hand, I think it keeps us uh, from getting too... Uh, well, I almost don't want to be too polished or too just do everything by rote memorization because that's part of the fun of our live shows. Our albums were never super high quality. I thought the material was strong. I've always wished that we would have recorded them better, but, you know, that's water under the bridge. But the live shows, everyone is different. And as you know, I talk a lot during the shows. Yes. You know, it's not just, uh, you know, thank you, and then on to the next song. Sometimes I'll tell a five-minute story, to introduce a song that only lasts two minutes, <laughs> <laughs> right? But that—that's that's what's enter- that's what makes it so entertaining that's, is that you're, right. you're you're given that it's, extra. It's, it's part of the fun, right? Because and if a song a song may not be the same way it was on the album, it might not be the same way it was the last time someone might have seen us live. Because honestly. Sometimes I'll just forget, and it's right. like it's like I think that's how it goes. But if they if they ever just suddenly end, you'll know that it's like that's that that's the end. Right. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but you know you you know your 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 albums like the actual thing like, vinyl is going for a lot of money now on 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 eBay. I've heard that. Yeah, like shocking amounts of money. Yeah, I was um, I was looking at it yesterday. Let me. I, I forgot to write it down, so I'm going to bring it right up. And there are, I guess, different versions, uh, uh, different printings of uh, Disgraced Land. Oh yeah, and, there, there's a whole saga to that album. Yeah, see the there's a, there's a printing where it's just a, a red and black sleeve and it's it's that one's going for about 75 
that's the second that's the second pressing that was released on Wanghead Records, right. which which again is Len from Speed Cult, Len Punch. Right. Now that was Wang. He had a record company before he had Speed Cult. Oh yeah, that I believe. Now a cassette for Hellbilly is going for forty five. A, a wow. cassette tape. And you know what's funny about that is the guy selling that tape probably bought it for ninety nine cents out of a cutout bin. <laughs> now and, and that that's what I'm talking about about how time has been good to us. Yes. Because it is a collector's item. That stuff is collector's items now, and people are paying money for it. Right. And it's all out of print. And uh, through through various crazy, this is a, a a warning to all musicians out there. You you gotta try to be careful, but on the other hand, uh, you don't want to, you know, sell yourself short and not have the opportunity at all. But our first three albums, which I guess that's sort of like the the classic era mm-hmm. <laughs> of Elvis Hitler. Uh, there was another. There was a small record label that uh, wanted to uh, sign us and re-release our first three albums, mm-hmm. and then possibly new material. Uh, and the attorney for that label did some digging and found out that over decades of companies buying out other companies, that the first three albums are owned by Warner Music Group now. Oh, Jesus. And and uh, legally, there's nothing we can do about it, uh, apparently. And, and Warner uh, clearly is, this is buried, and either they don't realize they own it, or, because I don't understand why they, unless they're trying to just avoid controversy, why wouldn't they release it because shockingly uh between the Wanghead and the restless records release mm-hmm. of disgraceland that album sold over 30,000 units back you know 1987 mm-hmm. you know that that's pretty good for a independent release in right. the 80s right and now a copy of the of disgraceland from uh on on Restless uh, is about fifty dollars. Wow! Yeah. Now I did find other cassettes of Hill of, of Hellbilly for like for a lot less. Like I saw one for like seven dollars or six dollars. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, but somebody's selling it for forty five. Uh, but yeah, but is anybody buying it though? No, really? I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> but I I'm all, I've also found uh, press uh, some presses of it came from the garage, which you were on. Wow! Yeah, yeah, that one's going for about forty five. Uh, uh, a, a sealed copy of Hellbilly, uh, uh, the LP, is uh, just under eighty. Wow! Yeah, it's and it's still sealed. So there is there you there there is this demand for you. Uh, right, and that that has to feel good. It does. It. it uh, I mean, we keep doing it, and mm. and there's uh, uh, never has no one has ever said who what I've never heard of you. Every time, 
a lot of times people call us and right. ask us if we if we can do a show. And uh, once in a while, if we're looking to book something, like on the way to another show or what have you, uh, we'll call and say, hey, would you guys be interested in the Elvis Hitler show? And it seems like universally that reaction is always like, oh, my God, you know, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> is this real? Is this happening? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh... And then, uh, well, yeah, I mean, so we've been going around doing these shows, and then we meet people that have, you know, they might have seen us 25 or 30 years ago, and they they show up, and they're, and they're quite emotional about it. They're like, I never thought I'd get to see you guys again, or or they bring their, their children who right. are now grown. And, and old enough to get into a bar, and they're like, "I told my son about you, and and now he's going to get to experience it for himself." Right. <laughs> I'm like, "Oh wow!" You know, honestly, there have been so many times that I had missed the opportunity to see you over the years, and right? finally, like finally being, I, I was able to see you for the first time. Uh, and it was just a few years ago. It was uh, when I, I I had met you. It was at Smalls. Yeah, and it was just it's like about time because every every time that you would you that that uh that you would play, I would uh, be stuck doing something else. I'd have to work. I couldn't get out of it, or you know some obstacle that I just could not get around. But finally, it was and 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 it was I I okay. It was a little bit of emotional because it's a you're a band that I had been listening to for so long and and never thought that I would ever get a chance to see. And then finally, when I got to see you, it was like holy shit! And Mm -hmm. uh, and finding out that you guys are also personable, you know. Oh well, we try. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. I mean, we're pretty friendly and. The other thing, too, is people, I have the exact, I've had the same amp since 1983 and the same guitar since 1989, and then people show up and they're like, this is almost weird, you know, isn't that the same crappy little amp you had? Right. But- 30, 30 something years ago, and I'm like, yeah, we, you know, we're just trying to be as real as possible. Yeah, you're not getting fancy like John does. I know John's been trying to get get me to sell him my guitar for a while. Oh, and I and I, I let him play it when you guys played up uh, at at Rumbleville the last time. But right, yeah, he, uh, well, yeah. There's been some interest. There's been a change since then. Yeah, because we're we're playing as a trio again. Right, and, and shockingly, John volunteered to go to bass. Really, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Is I I remember him telling me years, several years ago, about wanting to, um, wanting to. Tr- he was trying to get whoever you had playing bass with you to to, to switch to upright, and they didn't want to. And uh, well, uh, yeah, that might have been part of it. I'm yeah. I'm not a I'm not a hundred percent sure what. Exactly, transpired. <laughs> right, and, and, and I, I we were we've been a trio, we've been a quartet, we're a trio again. Yeah, these things happen. It's it's a it's a cyclical thing. We'll probably 
eventually go back to a quartet. Uh, but right now we're a trio. Well, and uh, yeah, you know, I, I I look forward to hearing you as a trio on uh, December second, right? At Smalls. December second at Smalls uh, with Snake Out. Snake Out mm-hmm. and. Uh, suburban son Jeff Bitz, Jeff Bitzinger. Yeah, he was on. He was on my show just uh, a little over a month ago. Uh huh. And uh, what else? John's always telling me to. Uh, um, it's almost like a talk show. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like the ho- I'm the host, and then he's like needles me from the other side of the stage. It's like don't forget to tell him about uh, uh, you know the website. We have a website now. Okay. Uh, and guess what it is? ElvisHitler.com, of course. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And would you believe that that domain name was still available? <laughs> I, actually, I am surprised. I am surprised. <laughs> After all these years, nobody, nobody took that. Damn. I, 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 uh, I could have done it and sold it to you. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, we, yeah, we got, we're trying to get more modern and up to date. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, which is good. Because I'm really slow to adopt uh, technology of any kind. Because um, I'm always, it's almost funny when when we do shows, I'm always looking at the other guitar players' equipment. And they always have so many pedals. I'm like, yeah. what's what is, what is what is all this stuff? Right. Because I don't have any pedals, yeah. but uh. I get a ridiculous sound. That's for sure. Yeah, ab- it's, absolutely. You know, it, it, it's. Go ahead. So, well, it's, it's just, I've had people ask me, and it's like, how can that combination sound so loud and heavy and powerful? And it's just that particular combination. Right. Well, it, it's it's a combination of, of you that could turn that amp because, you know, you can, you can hand, a, you can hand uh, you know, Eric Clapton the shittiest guitar and the shittiest amp, and it's still going to sound like Eric Clapton. So you, yeah. hand, you, hand, you hand any guitar and any amp to, to, to you, it's still going to sound like you. So. Well, almost. That, that kind of backfired on me a little bit. At the, over the summer, we did that big uh, Detroit Garage Punk All-Star Review. Yep. And uh, they had a back line, and I just sort of randomly plugged into some amp, and the sound was nothing that I was used to. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, like, I don't. What amp are you? Uh, do you use? What? What amp? Yeah. yeah what? Yeah. What model amp are you using? It, it's a 1981 PV Special 130. Well, there you go. I mean, that's a 130 watts in a in one 12 inch speaker. It's it's just a ridiculous thing they don't make anymore. And right. People, and they're not expensive, and a lot of people criticize them, but it works for me. It's part of the Elvis Hitler sound. I think so, yeah, it really is. If something happened to that amp, uh, well, I guess I shouldn't worry about it, because I probably could get another one for 150 bucks. so... Maybe less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, maybe less. <laughs> right? You start being like... <laughs> 
like Jack White was buying up all the air, all those old airline guitars, uh-huh. and then because they were like dirt cheap, because it was I think it was right. like Montgomery Ward's uh, line. So now, and then he oh. once he started buying them up, now then the prices shot up to a thousand plus, just because he was. Wow. Well, then he's a genius because then he had them all right, and, and can sell them. And now that he's so famous, uh, I'm sure he could get. Some amazing prices. Yeah, and they were—I mean, they were kind of shit guitars, though. And it—and that's—and that's what would, I guess part of his sound is, is playing out of this this cheap department store guitar. Oh yeah. Yeah. So you playing through this PV and it works for you, you know, and uh, right. And whatever guitar you're using, I I would I would highly suggest you do not change that. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah. I haven't. I have not changed it one bit in since, well, since 1989, because I bought the guitar. Uh, I had earlier used an Epiphone, and before that, I had a Silvertone, mm-hmm. which is the Sears cheap guitar. Right. Uh, from That had to be from the 60s or 70s, but it did really seem like a cheap guitar, and I think I traded it for a really crappy bass hmm. and and that was regrettable because i mean it's it was a real junker bass that couldn't be worth more than a hundred bucks but uh yeah that's just boring minutiae <laughs> yeah. you know i do have listeners that that that's when when that whenever gear comes up they they Right. That's their thing, and it's always oh yeah. It's always nice to know, like as a musician myself, to know what other people are using. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, I think my secret weapon is my pickups. It could be because the uh, I can't officially verify it, but uh, there's a reputable guitar guy at Rock City Music, and uh, he agrees with the story that I had been told that my pickups are not the original pickups. They are custom-built pickups from Pyramid Guitars that used to be a famous guitar uh, place in Detroit. Right. So that apparently is the key. Pyramid pickups. (laughs) <laughs> and PV amps. <laughs> Pyramid pickups and PV amps. You heard that from yeah. from Elvis Hitler himself, right? Yeah. So uh, finding Pyramid pickups are probably impossible. So yeah, yeah that 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 doesn't uh, that doesn't seem like it's going to happen. Uh, so you just hope that nothing happens to those, right? Well, uh, you know, I, hopefully not. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't think I've ever ever had anything happen to any of mine. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, it's that's uh that that sounds like you that that's the sound right there. And I I I gotta be honest, I I have envied. Uh, there are times where I've envied, envied the sound that you get. Uh, and now now what now I know what it is. <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's yeah you can. You can quit trying to uh, emulate it because I guess without well, there's got to be something similar to pyramids. They're just like super hot, uh, hand wound. Yeah, something I don't know. I'm no technician, 
<laughs> well, you know. yeah. I just go. That's what the guy told me when he sold it to me, and uh, you go which with was, it. Uh, yeah, that was another funny story too, because I had a, a '57 Gibson with a broken neck, and I took it to uh, Doctor Guitar in Garden City, right. and. Uh, <clears throat> It was going to just be too expensive and wouldn't be the same and blah, blah, blah. Right, right. He's like, I'll take this in on trade. And I saw this because I'm like a 335 guy. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've never had an actual Gibson 335, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've had a variety of, of copies. And because the one, my current guitar is a, it's an Ibanez. It's a 70s vintage Ibanez. Right. But, uh, uh. I can't imagine that a real 335 would be any better. Right. You know, the, 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 those Ibanez uh, uh, the hollow bodies are actually pretty solid. I have a Dean. Oh, yeah. I have a Dean hollow body that's, that's a little bit more like a, like the Gretsch or the Gibson ES-295. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, which I've I've always been a fan of those, but I, 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 uh, I won't shy away from a Telecaster if I get my hands on it. Well, you know, my backup guitar is a... Telecaster uh, thin line, mm-hmm. very nice. Uh, thin line deluxe, because mm. that's my like my inner Marty Stewart, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought because that's the other thing too that's funny about uh, yeah. I think I like to think there's a certain element of, of country, like old country, yeah, to what we do. You know, it all comes out really loud and fast. But I think if you really were to pick it apart, you could definitely see the country and the blues and the punk and the metal and the yeah, all that stuff is in there, you know. Right. Yeah, it's a good combination. You got everything. You got everything a guy could want, uh, all mixed into one. Right. Because we we've talked about having a like we should start a side band. Doing some other style of music, mm-hmm. but then but we thought, you know, we kind of can do whatever style of music we want within the context of Elvis Hitler, yeah. and it, it always seems to work, right? And uh, so it, it's never happened. Now, do you plan on on recording anything new? I mean, like you said, there's it, it, you have uh, any well, side projects haven't happened, but it, what about new Elvis Hitler? Here's the funny part. It would all depend on your definition of, of new, because <laughs> uh, in 1994, uh, we put out an album under a different name, and that the name of the band was listed as Splatter. Right. And that was because a guy that had worked, the guy that originally signed us to Restless Records left Restless, moved to Texas, was at a label called Sector 2. And he got a hold of us because we'd been dropped by Restless after our third album, which uh, wasn't particularly well-reviewed. Well, because no one can pronounce it. Well, yeah, but I thought it was... a. I thought it was pretty incredible, but <laughs> <laughs> that was that was inspired by uh, that title is uh, 
Jim Thurwell was an inspiration for that. Okay. You know, motor motor slug and all that. Right, right. Anyway, uh, Sector 2 says, we love you guys. We want to do another record. We don't want to call it Elvis Hitler. We want to distance ourselves from that. Somehow, John, I think John came up with Splatter. They called me at home one night. They're like, this album's got to have a title. you got to give it a title. I'm like, I don't know. Don't give it a title. Just call it Splatter. And I have. I was watching TV. I just picked a movie out of the the TV guide. It said, From Hell to Eternity. Mm-hmm. I, or, well, From Here to Eternity. And I said, Call it From Hell to Eternity. And, uh, and they said, Yeah, great. I love it. And they, they put that out. They did... I think 5,000 units, which sold out immediately. And it's actually quite good. It's maybe the, I think I might like it better than the Elvis Hitler album. Now, and, do you play any of those well, songs uh, in, in your sets now, though? Or Oh, yeah. Uh, I'd say about half of those songs, have, people have heard them in our uh, live show over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're still, including recently, I mean, we still play them live, and uh, we are, uh, I don't know exactly what the set list is going to be at the next show, but uh, I know, uh, I think I got a copy of it laying around here. How convenient. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see, what might you have heard from Splatter? Uh yeah, we've definitely been doing uh, Truck Driver, mm-hmm. Hard Rock and Daddy, Sweet Jesus. Those were all on Splatter. Uh, and we have done I'm Dropping Out and 21st Century, and and then uh, that's about it. There's But there's a number of other songs on there that uh, I would like to get into the live show, mm-hmm. and then uh, we're going to, I don't know about how the, the technicalities of it, but we were talking about offering those songs from that album on the website uh, as a download of some sort. Right. And then uh, that would get it out there for people to hear anyway. And then uh, the, the only thing that... People have never had access to other than live performance was the uh, infamous two-headed cousin project, <laughs> which uh, which got recorded mostly. It was a li- it's a little short for a full album, right? But uh, we've been doing a lot of those live too. We. Uh, you might uh, die, die, Diane, and middle finger, right. and uh, beer fight, and uh, uh, that whole Andy Warhol bad haircut deal. Right. And then uh, possibly one of the most obscure things I ever wrote, "Are You 486," which is a great song that I love. It's rocking as hell, and we've been playing it live this year, and. Uh, RU486 was uh, what they called the abortion pill. Yes. 
Yeah, back, I remember like, that. <laughs> around 1994 or five, maybe. Yeah. There was a big stink about it at the time, but now people are like, what the hell is RU-46? And I'm like, yeah, you don't it's, want uh, It's like the morning after pill, right? Yeah, kind of. It's like Plan B, but I think it was, there was something about it that they seemed to, that one got brushed under the carpet pretty quick, it seems like, for some reason or another. Yeah. But uh, they, you know, I don't know. It, but it just seemed like it was ripe for a, I don't know, I hesitate to even call it a punk rock song, because it's really hard rock. Yeah. It's like, uh, what's his what's his face from uh, Kim Necroman, I think. Yeah, from uh, uh, Necromantics. Yeah, he had said something, uh, well, you know, maybe we are more famous than I think, because I, I know there's uh, miles-long threads of people's comments on Psycho Billy worldwide about, yeah. you know, debating the merits of Elvis Hitler. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, the, and, there, there's debates on whether any any American Psycho Billy band is, can even be considered Psycho Billy. You know, there, there's some people yeah. that are so elitist. You know? Right. Well, you know, that's the funny thing about that, because when you think about the British music scene, uh, what really spawned that was British teenagers taking American music and then, you know, re-envisioning it. Right. And, you know, a lot of these bands that people consider is is these great milestone bands, I mean, if you think about it, you know, E. Clapton, the Stones, the Beatles, they all started off on blues and Carl Perkins and Elvis and... Right. Uh, uh... And then grew out of that, but what got them into music in the first place was their love of fifties American, American rock and roll, and yeah, it's like the yeah. I mean, the whole the skiffle movement and skiffle and folk and all that stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so. It's all Who are they? goes back to that. You know, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like, if you look at that. Who are they the, to judge? Right? <laughs> yeah. You don't get to judge me. Yeah, you don't know me. Right? <laughs> 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 oh. So, I'm, I'm a, like, what were your influences, though? That's, that's, that's something that, that, that I've been wondering for a while. I mean, like, what, 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 in, what influenced you to do. Elvis Hitler? Uh, I think basically the, a lot of pretty obvious stuff, you know, I mean, uh, um, Ramones and Sex Pistols and, you know, I was just at the right age. I was like 16, 17 years old when that stuff was coming out. Right. And, uh, cause I'm getting pretty old, <laughs> but yeah, I was a teenager in high school in the seventies and yeah, and uh, a friend of mine. Uh, I don't know. This is yeah. I don't. Know. Who cares if this? No, this is a journey. It's not going to disillusion anybody. Uh, like I was way into uh, you know Rush and Ted Nugent and ACDC yeah. and Zeppelin and Sabbath and and then uh, one of my friends said. Um, 
I got this record, and I don't really like it that much, but you probably would. And it was Rocket Over Russia by the Ramones. Right. And I, and I was like, oh, my God. You know, this is what I've been looking for. And then same thing, it happened over and over again. Another friend who was like, you know, Major Hendrix guy, he's like, I got this album, you're not going to like it. Or, I don't like it, maybe you'll like it. Never mind the bollocks. Yeah, it's a great one. I, I'm like, oh, my God. And then yet another guy, he's like, my brother bought me this record. It's crap. I hate it. Here, you give it a listen. Young, Loud, and Snotty by the Dead Boys. I was like, oh, my God, my life has changed. Yeah, you know? you're, you're, getting, you're getting handed all this great music for free. Yeah. You know? Right, by people that, that hated it. Right. And then, and then I adopted it, and 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 really, as I dug deeper, and and it was like I was always looking for something faster and harder. Right. And then I d- discovered like that whole, uh, you know, that hardcore underground scene that right. was bouncing around between, uh, you know, Detroit and Washington D.C. and Chicago and. And uh, like uh, the Necros, I think that that was. Oh yeah, yeah, Necros. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't know if those guys are still out there or if they'll ever hear this, but I had just recently. It was 1980. I had flunked out of Western Michigan University. It happens. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's happened to us all, right? Right. Couple of friends of mine. It was December 1980. Towards right towards the end of the year. A couple of friends of mine, like, we're going to this bar in Lincoln Park called Nunzio's to see some bands. you got to come. And it was Necros, and they were doing these songs, and, I mean, some of their songs were, like, 30 seconds a minute. And it was all, right, you know, just brutal. And, and I again, I had another one of those oh-my-God moments. And then we started, next thing I know, I'm hanging out more and more and more Yeah. downtown at uh, Clutch Cargo's, the original one on West Elizabeth, I think. Yeah. And we just saw all these bands. Uh, and then the Misfits, back when they were just driving around in an old Dodge van and right. all that kind of stuff. And it's like, you, you would see these bands... In these, just you know, like there used to be this thing called Cobb's Corner, and it was in the Cats Corridor. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it was just super ghetto, and uh, you would see all these hardcore bands, mm-hmm. and bands would be touring around just for hoping to get enough money for gas and something to eat, and right, and and then. Uh, I should have acted upon this sooner, because by all rights, I probably should, could have or should have started a band maybe as early as 81, but again, I think because of inherent laziness, it was 1986 before I actually started, got a band going, yeah. and so some people say that part of the reason people like us now is because in terms of 1986, we were ahead of the times. Right. 
as far as the whole psychobilly-ish style of music, you know, I'd even tossed around the term. I tried half-heartedly to introduce a new term, which I called metal billy, because I love metal, but I love rockabilly. Yeah. If you put it together, you yeah. get basically Elvis Hitler. Right. Right, and I, I think there are a few bands that are throwing that term around. Uh, there, yeah. are, there are so many like uh, like variations of rockabilly. I mean, there's even uh, I, 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 in England. I, I've even I've there's there's a they do this, or I don't think they do it anymore. But there was this festival for gay rockabilly bands. They called Cockabilly. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's like that's uh, kind of funny. But uh, I mean, there's there's all these different ver- variations of it. Rockabilly. Oh. Um, I know Hooch from the Matadors, which is over in Canada. He, he does what they call horribilly. Then they have uh-huh. like, like a garageabilly, and uh, which right. is just more like cramps-ish. But you know, it's... well, yeah, I've heard a snake out referred to as surfabilly. Yeah, yeah, and that that uh, that gets real close to that that term called gothabilly, which is just it's just more more surfy, I guess, than rockabilly, but. You know, it's like uh, if Bauhaus was doing uh, surf music. Yeah, well, yeah, I'd like to see that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if we can get Peter Murphy to do that, but you know, it's it it, it could happen. Um, you could probably get that David J guy to do it. He hangs around Detroit a lot. That's right. He. Uh, I heard he's a he's supposed to be a pretty cool guy. Yeah, he does something in, uh, with the, the the Theater Bazaar Orchestra, I believe. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and and uh, I think he did something with Warren DeFever, who you might remember from the early days yeah. of Elvis Hitler, which, I'm sorry, Warren, that I mentioned your name in context with Elvis Hitler. Uh, is, is he distanced himself from the... I think he's trying to live it down. Yeah. But honestly, I miss him a little bit, but... uh. He was much more of an artiste, and I completely understand why he couldn't really spend any more time with Elvis Hitler. I mean, talk about spinning your wheels. Right now, he's uh, he has some other projects uh, going, and I I I know that he's uh, he's produced a few other people's uh, albums. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah, he he produced one for uh, Ethan Daniel. Uh, David, uh, is it Davidson? He, uh, in fact, he was here in the studio on a, on a, we have a, a show on Sundays with a rabbi. It's called Let's Talk Torah. And uh, this guy had come in. At, uh, did, I can't remember what Jewish holiday they were talking about, but he had given me his album. And I looked in it, and it's produced by Warren DeFever. I'm like, yeah. oh, no shit. And no wonder yeah, he's distancing I mean, himself from the name Elvis Hitler. Um, well... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We probably shouldn't. We should change the subject. Yeah, that's all right. No, (laughs) Warren's a great guy. No, he is. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he's part of the family. Right. He's part of the Elvis Hitler family, which includes a huge number of people, because uh, we joke about this a lot during the... We have a new drummer, Gene Montaigne. I know Gene. Yeah. He's doing a hell of a job, and it's funny because it turned out that... He had been a fan of the band for years, right? And uh, uh, I didn't realize it at the time, but later when I put it together, it was hilarious because uh, I had gone to see the Coffin Cats at the Token Lounge a couple years ago, 
And this woman comes up and asks if it would be okay if her husband had his picture taken with me because he was a big fan and everything. And this guy comes over and, you know, we chat for a minute, pictures are taken, and then off he goes. And then fast forward, we're looking for a drummer, and Nuke and the Hellriders had broken up. Right. And uh, the guys from the Coffin Cat suggested this fella, Gene, Gino. And we're like, yeah, all right. And then we realized... After a while, I'm like, oh, my God, you're the guy I met at the Coke Lounge. And, and uh, yeah, got a picture taken. And uh, so he's drummer number 12. <laughs> and uh, so we had Spinal he, Tap. Oh, yeah. We're a lot like Spinal Tap. More, more than anybody would know. Sometimes to the point where it's almost as if from the very beginning, it's a lot... I hate to say contrived, but it it was almost like a parody of a band. Right. But then it was almost like like with a lot of uh like with bad movies, I'm an aficionado of bad movies. As the am the I. good the good bad movies are the movies where the people are seriously trying very hard to make a good movie. Right. And it comes out schlocky, but it's still great. But it's because they were trying hard. Right. Now, if I was trying super hard to be hilarious and make a comedy album, it probably wouldn't have worked. But those songs, yeah, there's some bad puns, and it can be kind of hokey. But, uh, you know, I was trying hard to be as clever and, you know, we were trying to make it as good as we could. Right. And a lot of people perceive it to be funny and my just natural conversational style on stage. Sometimes it, a lot of the show, a 90-minute show, some people claim it might be 30 or 40 minutes of talking. <laughs> right. Well, hey, you know, this, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. And I, I think that that would be... My problem, I'm not going to say a problem. Other people might view it as a problem if you know I were to be playing in a band today, because I would do the same thing, and people and I would yeah. and, and people be like Ben, shut up. Yeah, but yeah, right. Yeah, into in, in my in, in, in my in my head, I'm thinking, man, I got to, you know, it, well, what I'm saying well, is interesting. But well, yeah, well, yeah. so yeah, I mean, what's interesting to one may or may not be to others, but. I've noticed a thing where people have a is uh, as, as much as we try to. It's like we're going to play some really fierce rock and roll. You know, it's going to blow your face off, and and uh, uh, and yet I've had uh, at a show. There's a woman like right in front of the stage, and she's beckoning me to like kneel down towards her, and I'm like thinking, oh, I don't know, this could go wrong, but whatever. She just wanted to fix my collar because, you know, my collar was in disarray. <laughs> She's like, that's been driving me crazy, though. I just got to <laughs> fix your collar. You know, it's like like some bands get, get groupies and stuff like that, and apparently, like, women in our audience, they're like, Ben, 
That poor man, he needs a mother. <laughs> right. Yeah. If some man's get groupies, Elvis Hitler gets moms. Yeah, let me let me fix your collar. Right. Have a beer. That is one great thing, though, about having this nice uh, relationship with your audience. Like, sometimes at a busy place, and, it, and they're like, come on, you guys got to go on. I'm like, I need something to drink on stage, you know. And I'll say, uh, like we played at the old Miami over the summer, I couldn't get near the bar because it was so packed. Right. Not necessarily because of me, but because there was a some you know it was a big deal going on at the same time as Daly in the Alley. Right. It was like the anti Daly in the Alley. Anyway, I said, for God's sake, somebody get me a beer. And I mean, within minutes, I had like seven beers and two shots sitting on the front of the stage at my feet. <laughs> I was like, wow. You're good for the rest that, of the night. <laughs> that service. Yeah. Yeah. For having to give a few of them away. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you drink you drink as much as you can, but right, it, it's not like it used to be in the old days, right? Where it used to be, a, you get pulled over and cops would dump out your beer and send you on your way, or they'd take a poll of the other people in the car and ask if, uh, you know, all right, who's sober enough to drive? Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't let me see you boys again tonight. But now, oh my God, yep. It's, Super hardcore brutalization. Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, I I have to admit I've been there. Uh, long time I'm ago. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, and it was uh, it was just barely. So, uh, but uh, I had a decent lawyer. So, well, good for you. Yeah, I got I I got off easy. But um, is this show all talk? Do you ever yeah, play music? I do play music, and I I, I do. It, it's it's this this is this is the longest phone interview I've 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 ever done. Uh, I just kept going because you keep asking questions. That's right. Well, yeah, it, it, it did. I'm looking at the clock, and I'm holy shit. We've been talking it's for been an, an hour. hour. Yeah, it's been an hour. Yeah, you're losing. You're losing listeners, I'm sure. Oh, I can, I guarantee I am not. Now, this this, now, is this live? Is this live? It is live. It is live, oh, but right. it will be uh, available as a podcast uh, tomorrow, I believe. Uh, all right. Yeah, but this this has been has been the longest uh, phone interview. The shortest phone interview I did was with Phil Alvin of the Blasters. Oh, what did he have to say? Nothing. Really? <laughs> he was not what very was talkative. Wow. Yeah, it, it, you know, here's the thing about Phil Alvin is that uh you know, he used to be a, a mathematics professor in uh in California. So, I had no idea. Yeah, I I didn't either until I uh I I looked it up. It, you know, I'd like to do a little bit of research before I do an interview. And right. when I brought up math, then he got chatty. Ah, there you go. You just got to find what they like. Yeah. Now, when I say chatty, I say chatty in comparison. <laughs> oh yeah. So I mean, still, and he, like, apparently, when he every uh, after every performance, he gets off stage and he goes back to he goes back to the green room, back to their tour bus or hotel or whatever, and he just starts working on math problems. That's his way of unwinding. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh well. Yeah. You know, everybody has their thing. Yeah. Now my, my thing is, we just want to get to the point where we have a dressing room and a tour bus, right? <laughs> we. We used to have a tour van, but that was a long time ago. Yeah. And uh, once in a while you get a dressing room, but most places, there's, I could go on and on. We had a dressing room once at the Falcon when we were doing one of our really 
the Falcon Club used to be in Hamtramck. Yeah. And we uh we were do we've done a lot of really unlikely shows. Imagine, if you will, Elvis Hitler with question mark in the Mysterian. Uh Elvis Hitler with uh missing persons. Oh Jesus. <laughs> Elvis Hitler with uh well fear, that's pretty obvious. That would go together. Yeah. He did with did a couple of shows with fear. Did a ton of shows with Horton Heat that word. But anyway, the thing I was gonna tell you is I more or less got booted out of the dressing room at the Falcon Club and was relegated to fetching drinks for Dale Bazio because she thought that I was just some dude that worked at the bar. Huh. <laughs> and, and then later she's like, Oh, I didn't I see. I didn't know you were the opening band. Oh. And I was like, Yeah, well, whatever, you know. I didn't tell her any different. Right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you should. You... I just, I just got her drink. <laughs> but, I mean, so what do you? I mean, you you could have been that guy and just say, "Oh, I'm not doing that." But no, you 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 helped out. Right. Yeah. You you do what you can. That's right. Well, um, yeah. After... Yeah, you, you, well, you should cut this. Yeah, that's what I say. Cut me off, damn it. No, that's all right. I mean, I I I'm, I could I could probably uh, keep you on for. To the end of the show, but I'm gonna. It's been an hour. I'm gonna let you go. Uh, well, I'll come I'm, back next year, and I'll try to get down to the studio. And, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I'd like to th- I'd like to thank you for uh, for being on the show, even if it's uh, You're via w- phone. Super welcome. All right. Yeah, and and it will be December second at Smalls with Snake Out yes. and Suburban Sun. Yes. Yes, and, and well. Here, if I can sneak in one more. Go right ahead. Uh, blurb. Yeah. Uh, November 18th at the Green Door in Lansing. Oh, that is. Uh, Elvis Hitler. And uh, we're not headlining this show, but it's a band called the Jonestown Crows and a couple other acts. And yeah. uh, it's. Uh, at first, we we're like, gee, I don't know. And then. He told us, the guy from the Jonestown Crows told us this big story about how every year on the anniversary of the Jonestown Massacre in Guyana, they do a show. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and, and and we were like, sure. What? Do they That's serve difficult. Kool-Aid? Sure, we'll do that. Probably. I'd hope so. <laughs> I just hope it's got vodka in it or something, not cyanide. Right, yeah, that, but, that's ideal. But, but see that I, it got me thinking again about, you know, North. I was like, do we really want to go and open for these guys that we haven't even met yet? But they, they're fans and blah blah blah. You know how it goes. Yeah. And uh, uh, we thought, yeah, sure, why not? We'll do it. And then uh, I thought to myself, well, that's uh, you know, that's pretty offensive. And let's get back to our right. <laughs> You know, that's getting back to our punk rock roots. That's right. Yeah. get it, so, Just be offensive. Yeah. And yet, after 32 years of all this offensive stuff, we haven't been protested since 1992. Really? Which is another... Uh, that's a great story that I, I'll save it for another time. Okay. <laughs> but, but it involves some high holidays in the month of September, if you know what I mean. Yes. And <laughs> folks, 
Booker Raton, Florida, if you get my drift. I do get your drift, yes. And a, and a poor girl that made the most unfortunate booking decision of her life. Oh, shit. It got us, uh, it got us a couple of minutes on CNN. Well, you know, it, it's it's CNN. At least at least you have that. I know it. There's there's so many little weird interconnections with uh, uh, on the other. We're so obscure, and yet compared to most people, we're like. I met this girl at a party just a couple of weeks ago, and somebody introduced me to her, and she's like, "Oh my god." What are you doing here? You're super famous. (laughs) (laughs) And and we were laughing our asses off because it's like, I might be super famous to you, lady. (laughs) Right. Boy, boy, you know, I wish I could find a few million more like you. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've got uh, people come and go from the band and we keep going and... It's always you and it John consistently, and right? We're like the Lennon and McCartney of punk rock. <laughs> We've a... been playing together since 1986, except for there was a period of six years when we didn't speak to each other. And to this day, we're not 100% sure why. Uh, but we talked about it one day, and it just was so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I don't know what happened there. We just didn't talk to each other for six years, and then when we did talk to each other after the six year period, it was like only a day had passed. Right. Well, you know that's probably one of the most punk rock answers that uh, we didn't talk to each other for six years. Uh, I don't know why we just didn't. You know, but f- fuck it. Well, it might have had something to do with Steve Nardella. Remember him? He was like a like a rockabilly guy, but like a regular rockabilly guy yeah. from the seventies from Ann Arbor area. Yeah, because they were. This is getting super long. It's alright. I'll make this real quick. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Magic Bag Theater. Yeah. We've been we've been booked to open for Jason D. Williams. Meanwhile, the theater gets sold. Yeah. Uh, to a. The guy who bought it says, no way is a band with Hitler in their name playing in my theater. Right. And we're like, we're like, no problem. Uh, I told the guy that booked the show, I said, don't tell him it's us. Tell him we're somebody else. Right. Tell, tell him we're the scaredy cats. We're a rockabilly band. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I showed up in a suit and tie. Yeah. With a big old Gibson hollow body guitar. I you you put that picture on a poster, I believe, right? A picture of you with a suit and tie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought, man, this is going to be great. It's going to be a whole new chapter in our career. What happens? I meet a bunch of Ann Arbor people in the back, and they uh, invited me into the dressing room and allowed me to partake in some of their pre-show festivities. Oh Jesus! And and uh. That's not the kind of thing that works for me. It's not a good thing. Right. I'm more. I'm like a whiskey and a. I'm more. I'm a whiskey and uppers kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I come out on the stage, and man, it was like a Grateful Dead concert. I was just on a cloud floating across 
the stage in a super mellow yeah. mood, uh, way too mellow for me to be doing what I need to be doing. And it was horrible. And uh, one of my friends was sitting in the front row, and as, as soon as I, I looked at him and I could see him mouthing the words to, and pointing to the, and the person next to him, he's like, he is so high right now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always a bad thing. Right. And I thought, oh. so that night, our drummer at the time, he's like, I'm quitting. And, and then John's like, well, I'm quitting too. And I thought, great. That's it. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> <laughs> that was like 1996. Right. Yeah, six or seven. I go, well, that's it. It's all over. And yet, by 2002, we were back stronger than ever. Right. And, uh, you know, it's been like phase two, Elvis Hitler Mark II, which now is into, what, 15 years of the second age of Elvis Hitler. Well, I... Uh... And now that... You've lost all your listeners now. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's, I have. It's been an hour. It's been an hour and ten minutes. So, lay it on me. Let's get, cut me off. Give me the boot. <laughs> well, yeah, we we are running out of time anyway, so I'm. Uh, we're gonna have to have to, uh, to to call it here. But uh, once again, thank you, thank you for uh, being on the show. I hopefully next time I can have you here in the studio. And we can talk more. Maybe uh, we can get John to come in here with you. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be. I, I next. I I believe we're going to be moving to a new new building in a, within the next few months, which will actually have have room to perform. So if you wanted to come in and play on the show, ah. that would be uh, that would be wonderful. Wow! Well, yeah, we could try that. We haven't done that in a long time. Yeah, I mean. I was going to suggest if you want to come in and do acoustic, because an acoustic Elvis Hitler would probably be, uh, <laughs> I, I don't even know. Um, uh, it, well, it, it's never been done. We, if we want to do something historical, that would be, you know, uh, that'd be different. You could do that here in the studio we have now. If you, if you, let's say if you and John wanted to come in and do an acoustic uh, uh, Elvis Hitler, I would be all about it i would bump whatever guest i have that night just for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah we'll work something out okay <laughs> all right jim thank you very much okay have a good night all right you too all right bye right, bye that was jim leedy from the De- legendary detroit band elvis hitler so let's go into a little break with elvis hitler It's called Ten Wheels for Jesus.
You're listening to the Motor City Juke Joint right here on New Radio Media. I'm Ben Rose. The last two songs were Elvis Hitler with Ten Wheels for Jesus. And it's a long way from Berlin to Memphis. And it is. It is a long way. The distance Distance is 7,785 kilometers. You can do the math and the uh, as far as uh, miles. Well, it's for 4,852 miles. I'll be nice. Or a 10-hour and 12-minute flight. Yep. Useless knowledge. But just, just prior to that music set, I... I was on the phone with Mr. Jim Leedy of Elvis Hitler for well over an hour. Longest phone interview that I have ever done. And it was, uh, it was actually, I have to say, just might be one of the best interviews I've ever done. Very talkative, very entertaining guy. And you should go check out Elvis Hitler with Snake Out and Suburban Sun at Smalls on December 2nd. Uh, doors are open at 8 o'clock. And I... Uh, I do believe the tickets are ten dollars in advance or twelve at the door, and you can get tickets by going to eventbrite.com. Yeah, you should do that. It's going to be a good time. Always a good time. Always a great band. That's a fact. So we only have a few minutes left, but uh, coming up on Tuesday, Tuesday is, I believe. It's def- it is for sure going to be the hard launch of New Radio Media. I I hope that it's the hard launch of New Radio Media. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go with that. I hope so. So there's there is that. Also on Tuesday, it'll be JD McPherson at the Magic Bag. That'll be a fun show. Let's see what else is coming up. I have just so many things. There's gonna there's a there's a bluegrass jam at Sellerman's on this Saturday. Uh, they used to, it was a group of guys. They don't really don't have a band name. They're just gonna get together and jam. Um, they used to do third Wednesday of the month at Tom's Tavern when before Tom's Tavern was just mysteriously shut down. If you were unaware of Tom's Tavern, it was a shack on Seven Mile uh, near Wyoming. Yep, it was a shack. The outside was plywood. I've got nothing else to add to that. Nothing at all. (laughs) So, yeah, there's there's a lot of that. Coming up, a lot of good stuff. Uh, later on in the year, actually towards at, at the end of the year, December 30th, there will be Black Iris's Black Christmas with yours truly, DJing at the Majestic. 
That's right. You can go out and see a shit ton of bands. Yes, a lot of bands, including Suicide Machines, uh, Coffin Cats, um, just, yes, a whole lot. I have it posted on the Motor City Juke Joint Facebook page. Go check it out. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at Motor City Juke. And the same goes for Instagram. So follow follow the show on both of those. Uh, follow on Facebook. Don't follow me home because that's creepy. Anyway, <laughs> thank you for listening. I am Ben Rose, and this is the Motor City Juke Joint on NewRadioMedia.com. You have a wonderful, wonderful, safe night. Go go see Lucero at the Loving Touch. Go go there right now. Check them out. I saw them last night. They were awesome. So, good night. See you on Tuesday.